Hey everybody, I'm Bobby Salveson. And I'm Michael Monaco, and together we are the Hazmat Guys, connecting the Hazmat community near and far with knowledge, insight, and real-world examples in an effort to make your job just a little bit easier and safer. Now, let's take a minute to hear from today's sponsors. Hey, Mike, pop quiz. What is the standard go-to method for emergency decon? Uh, That's pretty easy. Wet decon, right? Well, you know, you're not the only one that may be thinking that, but it's actually dry decon. No, 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 no. How many times have I heard dilution is the solution to pollution? (laughs) Actually, too many. And that's the issue. Makes sense if you think about it. Without the use of water, we don't need to spend extra time setting up traditional showers or pools. And there's no wastewater afterwards. And you're not going to freeze anybody to death if it's below 60 degrees. Check out firstlinetech.com slash dry decon. First Line Technology has a whole webpage dedicated to the methodology and links to plenty of dry decon resources. See for yourself why dry decon with FiberTech should be your go-to immediate decon solution. With many major cities having nearby waterways, subways, and sewers, first responders sometimes face rescue situations where they must wade into stagnant water. Turnout and traditional rescue gear is not designed to provide protection from hazards and chemicals while submerged in stagnant water. Lion prides itself on making garments to keep first responders safe and is now offering a protection solution for these stagnant water situations. The lightweight one-piece FRS, which is flood response suit, protects against lower levels of liquid concentrations that may be encountered in flood zones or stagnant water where wading is required. The FRS is a non-certified hoodless garment with a special AquaSeal zipper, butyl wrist gloves, and neoprene collar to keep the hazards out. The FRS is made from Kempac, selectively permeable fabric by Gore-Tex Labs, which provides protection from toxic industrial chemicals and bloodborne pathogens while managing heat and body stress for longer mission times. When it comes to ChemBio Solutions, Lion has your back. Let's get to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hazmat Guys. You may have noticed an odd thing happened on the last episode, and we just randomly cut the link and yeah. made it two episodes. We happened to just start rambling on for about an hour. And uh, so within, within that hour, we realized that, uh, oh, all right, we'll just cut we it in half. Stop. and Yeah, 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 and make a double episode out of it. So... Um, I don't really know where we're going to cut it. Uh, we don't know yet. So wherever it is, we're going to continue probably a discussion on the Grand Central-ish station. Mm. And, and uh, yeah, we'll see you over there. All right. So there was a run. Ooh. A run. All right. And I can't show the picture. Okay. But you can you can imagine it. Yeah, yeah. Imagine a wine bottle gifted, right? Like wrapped up in... In a gift bag. No, yeah, maybe like my Yeah, yeah. Like the the bow at the top and the little frillies up top. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love this. Now, imagine somebody takes five of those bottles, places them in a semicircle at about four-foot increments in front of the security station at a very large metropolitan train terminal. The central one. The central one. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. The, the grandest, most central. The grandest one. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm reading you five by five. A, a, and just walks away. 
just places them, boop, 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 <laughs> and then just it. walks away. That's what they got. That's what they got the run for. Is it Christmas time? Because is not. he being just it was, helpful? It was two days ago. <laughs> okay, maybe he's early for Easter. Maybe he's very early for Easter. But the so, so the question is: is what the hell would you do? Like how how do you operate on that? on that run now my my very first thing was we don't because that's totally a pd like bomb has to come clear that and they were like okay we agree with you but what if bomb clears it for explosives and then wants us to come test what's inside yeah because the volley goes back to us then right Right. So I was hmm. like, okay, this is this is this is pretty interesting. I was like, this is the uh, okay, let's take it as the bomb has cleared it for explosives and now they're like, well, we don't know what to do with it because we don't know what's in it. Okay, let's have the fire department hazmat come and test it and and look at it. So his initial thoughts were I'm going to walk in with I'll just give a rundown of what his thoughts were. Uh he was going to walk in with his foregas a uh, the PID and the LEL. Mm-hmm. Both of them, we have both a uh, ex, uh, LEL for CADBEAT as well as an LEL for NDIR and uh, radiation. Good, right? So, and, and I think that's great. Like the radiation, boom, right off the bat. So I was going to say, I was going to hope that radiation was coming yeah. out. So you got those three, right? You have your LEL, you have your your five gas, and you have your your radiation. And I said, uh, okay, what about your AP4C? Like I would have thought that would be something that you kind of take in right away. Right. And uh, had an answer for that. He said, yes, even though it is in uh, intrinsically safe, I still felt I should be walking in and testing the explosive environment before I brought the AP4C in. And I was like. Okay, I, I don't necessarily know if I agree. I think I would have brought the AP4C in, but I can at least understand where you're coming from. The AP4C is intrinsically safe, I believe. It is. It is. So yeah. there isn't a whole lot of concern for that. Um, but those were the four that that I would have brought in, and that's what he brought in. So I said, okay, what would you do then as a secondary? Oh, I, I want to hit the pause button for a second. I'm okay. glad they did a rad. <clears throat> I'm a, I'm not concerned. I'm not disappointed that they didn't bring a thermal gun because if they were in Mylar, you're not going to get any readings in the first place. But a temp gun would get something, probably not very accurately, if there's a reaction inside there. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Um, the AP4C, I can, I can, I understand why he's saying AP4C. Because, uh, and this is one of those truths of hazmat that's very weird, is that everything is toxic before it's flammable. Right. There is not an exception to that. That's like a, that is a fact. So like even things that are inflammable, that's cool. It'll be toxic before it goes on fire, which it can never do. So the truth is the truth is the truth. It, 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 it is the truth. So, And I, I think I would use the AP4C almost to try to rule in the wine as it just being wine, right? Like if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Probably a duck. So if I walked up and I'm getting no readings on that AP4C, 
I'm one step closer to being like, all right, maybe, maybe this is wine because if it's going to be some kind of a chemical agent, right, it's gonna have something in it that's a phosphorus or a sulfur, as far as like a <laughs> well, like a nerve or a even blister even agent. wines have sulfur, uh, sulfurs in the form of sulfates. They do, but my but, here's my thought process on that. There, if you get wine from like a a, a professional place that's going to pack the wine in, put the cork in. The cork soakers have done what they got to do. They've, they've, they've capped the wine. You're not getting any liquid on the outside. So even if there's sulfides in the wine, my AP4C shouldn't pick it up on the outside. No, or else the corker, the he sucked. He was a cork soaker. Right, he was a sucky cork soaker. So he, it, by doing that, like I'm kind of just, another step towards like there's no chemicals on the outside or less chemicals on the outside that's going to hurt me so does that kind of make sense like this is more of a professional like somebody didn't just load this with something in their home and then cork it because i have no residue of at least yeah. phosphorus and sulfur I'll, I'll be honest here like okay i'm faced with this Police comes in, does their bomb assessment. It comes back as negative. So now all I have to really deal with, and again, I'm not completely believing it's not an explosive. However, I'm going to relegate myself to mainly everything but incendiary. So I can deal with toxics and flammables and all the other stuff. Okay, fine. I understand flammability, and I have to have something that's in the flammable range and an ignition source for it to go on fire. Well, that's not happening. Right. Because if right, they x-ray it, it and there's nothing in there, there's yeah. no way for it to catch fire unless it, it's like a flammable by air. Type it doesn't situation. even matter because it's it, my meters would tell me. So as I'm approaching with my, 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 my whole cadre of meters, if my wild meter is not going, if my toxic meter is not going, well, then whatever is in the bottle is staying is in the in, bottle. Is staying in the bottle. And so, therefore, I'm pretty comfortable going up and bunking here in SCBA with my meters and literally picking this bottle up, you know, untying the bow, mm-hmm. reading the card, getting a little chuckle, you know, from the from the from the X's and the O's, and then I will, I will probably just take the bottle away and bring like, it home with you, and put a big <laughs> straw for safety's sake. In there to keep myself. No, but seriously, like if it's in the whole key to this thing is if it's not an incendiary, if there's no, I'll throw one more thing in there. If there's no um, visible crystallization, if there's no cracking around the bottom, I I would have to give a 360 around it. I would have taken a little bit of a, of a different step. I agree with you, SCBA bunker gear, go up. I'm going to now address the bottle, and I'm going to try to take that Mylar covering off because we have meters that can shoot through the glass. Oh, totally. But, you know, even like Mr. Wizard, for the, oh, my God, I'm dating myself. For those of you who remember Mr. Wizard. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, Mr. Wizard. There was a thing where he would uh, take a bottle. Uh, I don't remember if it was wine. It was a glass bottle, and he would drill out the bottom, and the bottom of it had a drill hole, let's say an eighth-inch drill hole, and he would leave it on a countertop. And the gag was when you took it and you opened the top or pulled the cork, the liquid would come out, 
And by the time you go, oh my God, it's splashing, which would increase the surface area, increase the vapor production, and increase the likelihood of an ignition point being in your zone. Okay. So it's almost like a reverse Molotov. If you, if you thought about it with the malicious intent. Okay. Right? So can it do, can you drill out a glass wine bottle, fill it with gasoline, put the cork in there, and then let the vacuum headspace hold it? And I'm probably giving some plants to Antifa by doing this. But, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that is a viable thing because you wouldn't – I wouldn't pick it up and be like, let me see if there's any holes in the bottom. You know, that that is not leaking. And so when you take the top out to sample or to do whatever you want, now you have a huge problem falling at the bottom where you might not be in a good spot where you did that. You probably went to an area of refuge, safety, and there is a greater likelihood of you being a little bit more reticent. And, and and lax. Yeah, but if out my, there. let's let's go down that path of like this horrible guy put some very flammable material in there. Mm-hmm. It's a liter. It's one liter. Like we deal with flammable liquids in like the sixty gallon, ninety gallon, hundred gallon capacity leaking all the time. Mm. Uh, yeah, but uh... and I would still I would still shoot it with the ramen. And honestly, if I shot it through the ramen and I got nothing, I would almost consider getting a pop up pool and just breaking it in the pop up pool and see what happens. All right, so let's say I get something with a higher vapor pressure, something north of three hundred vapor. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm doing this on the top of my head. Let's say we get something like a uh, three hundred millimeters of mercury, and it's a liquid inside the container. That would be gasoline. No, would that wouldn't that work. Category. That wouldn't work. And I'll, I'll give you the quick scientific thing. If it had a vapor pressure was higher, what would happen was uh, eventually the vapor pressure on top would push it out the bottom, creating more vacuum, creating more pressure on the head, pushing it at the bottom. It would it would empty itself. Yes. You need something on the low side because the low side would hold it in the bottle. The high but, side. But then, therefore, the low side is not going to produce it's enough vapors because it's got low vapor pressure. So it's going to have a really, really, really high flash point. Right. And so if it's a high vapor pressure, it would be gone before we were there and volatilize. Yeah, that kind of sucks. All right. Theory sucks. My theory sucks. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think the theory sucks. Oh. I, I, I think. Uh, I, I think grabbing the ramen and trying to shoot through the glass. Oh, totally. Is uh, is good. And at that point, what are we looking at? If it was a bottle of wine, Bob, how much alcohol would you get? Do you think you would get an ethanol hit? If it's is it more than ten percent? Bottle of wine is more. No, than 10%. I think it's like twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. So you might get. You might. an alcohol. You might get a bunch of interference with all the other chemicals that are in the wine even even vodka like off the shelf vodka you might you might not get it like as surprising as that sounds it's not enough to go on fire but it's enough to get a hit for the most part um but 12 and a half I, like you can meter beer that's five percent you're not getting the lel on that no definitely not but i think the the, the ramen will hit up to a 10 percent mixture or yeah that's up, why yeah. i think for wine it might pick Yeah. Hey, listeners, 
The Hazmat Guys have some great news for you and your organization. We are really stepping up our brand of in-person training in addition to the great content you get on demand. Now, we know what you're thinking, but this is already incredibly great stuff, and how could it possibly get better? All I can say is, wait until we're in front of you. When we gather the best of the best from across this planet and even beyond and assemble an instructional cadre that is seriously second to none. And now we have a ton of ways to help you, your team, or your organization get to a level that makes everybody proud. From subscriptions, on-demand, hybrid methods to full in-person goodness. You can contact me, Bob, at thehazmatguys.com to schedule a call and find a solution that works for you. And every participant of an in-person class gets a free one-year premium subscription, which sounds pretty good. Hmm. So contact me at bob at and get some more information. But, uh, you know, it was, it was not necessarily like a run that they did anything or a lot, but it was just one of those weird ones where like, you know, you have this weird container, you don't know what the product is. You don't know the reason for it. Um, so right off the bat, one of the things I said was, okay, situation like this, I'm going to be thinking secondary device. So maybe yeah. that was just there to lure you in. Did anybody do like a 360 primary and just kind of walk around and check the place out? Uh, he said, no, it wasn't even something anybody had really thought of. Uh, and then I was like, like at first I was like, what do you mean? Nobody thought of it. And then I'm like, Oh my God, we're, we're like more than 20 years out from nine 11. Nobody thinks of secondary devices anymore. Like yeah. that whole thought process is just, it's gone. Um, that's that's a good point is is tell your your people think about that that's that's a <laughs> and then what what would have been i then asked him i said okay what from a big picture point of view big picture point of view what would you have liked to have seen set up what kind of resources would you have liked there before you made an entry what kind of what what would you want as your what would you want as your this is here worst case scenario? N nothing. I honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about I, more and more stuff. But I, I said like, at most two hand lines. Like you want to be super, super, super cautious. You got a hand line in case something goes on fire, and you got a hand line as a as an emergency decon. Okay. I'm 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 totally cool with that. I I don't have a problem with that. I'm just trying to think of like it could be. I listen. I wasn't there. I think what they did was great. I wouldn't want the Rigaku or the FTIO. Or I actually, the, um, not the Rigaku, but the Ramen. Right. Uh, I wouldn't want with the Ramen to pick out something with an offset. And at any point in time, do you open the bottle? I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I, I, I would have to be really talked into it. Like, I don't care what instant commanders want to do. No, but I'm curious. I want to know what's it. I don't care. I, I don't care. I think my curiosity would get the best of me. I don't. I think I, I might. If, if I did all of the testing and nothing came back. I'm. I'm pretty black and white with the it's an emergency or not emergency. Like I, curiosity kills cats. Yeah. And, and 
you know, when it's an emergency and, 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 and people are still like, hey, listen, I'm curious, or hey, we need to know this information because we got to, you know, get the building filled up, whatever. I'm a little more open to it, but if, he, if like the emergency's done and it's not even drill worthy back in the firehouse and we can't even, I'm like, I don't care anymore. Like it's out of my mind. I'm done. Yeah, but you've got a whole bunch of people because it's a high profile area, all wanting to make sure every I is dotted and every T is crossed. Yeah. And then the question comes, well, what do we do with it? You're not guaranteeing me it's wine. You don't know what it is. You just get it. You're not getting hits on these things. And if it is wine and you're going to tell me to throw away, then open it up and test it. Give it to the alcoholic guy down the block. <laughs> Leave it there. It'll be gone. It'll be gone, be gone in, in 30, 30 seconds. seconds. They're like, whoop. All right. He's still alive. We're good. Oh, man. That's, that's, yeah. Right? I don't like, know. From a, from a, it seems so straightforward from that point of view. But then when you look at it, the point of view of like, well, everybody wants to know what's going on and they want like a little bit more than just a guarantee. Like, what well, do you all do? All right. So let, let's just say that. Let's just, let's go down that rabbit hole for a couple of seconds and, and say, okay, everybody wants to know. Right. And so in this department, there's probably multiple layers above just the hazmat officer whatever and they're all curious and they, maybe they're not hazmat but they, they're curious and they have a higher rank and they want some answers i can see people going all right well listen we're ordered to open this thing up right. which is never good and we've done episodes on I was ordered to do something that is not a good idea. <laughs> yes, we have. Like we've done multiple episodes. If you want, go back into the archives, into the index, and you can find uh, what the asbestos thing. Uh, dude, there was there was a bunch. I'm not going to go into all of it. But the thing and is, that like sometimes, sometimes as happens. a technician, you're like, I don't want to do that, and then you're like, Well, you're being ordered to do it, and you go, Well, do I really want to fight this fight? Or do I want to just do what they're asking me to do? Right. And and, and a lot of times it's better that, to uh, comply with the order and then fight it later. Right. Truth be told, you're probably safe for doing that. Like, I understand you have, you know, your, your morals and you have your, your standards and you're going to, you know, dig your feet in. But at a certain point, it's like, all right, you know, listen, I want my job. I'm going to do what's wrong because I have it on record that the guy told me to do it. I know it's wrong. And when the 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 judge or the lawyer comes to me, I'm like, I told him. So you know, and I documented it. In the in the idea that you have to open it. Are you going to go through every single test on the rig before you open it? Like pH swipe, uh 908 everything that we would have had. Would you would you go through everything before you opened it, or at some point would you just open it? Okay, so in this case, opening this it case. is a very variable thing, because I would probably go and get like an um, 
I don't know if they still call them this, but intrathoracic needle. They used to give 10 gauge, like four inch needles to medics. Mm -hmm. So if there's a cork, I would probably grab a sterile syringe, like 10 cc's, maybe 50 cc's. And try and one to... of those intra and try to go right through the cork and pull a little sample. And that would be because as soon as you pull that thing out, right, genie's closed. out of the bottle. No, it's 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 good. Like that bottle is still the integrity of it is, I think, still the integrity there. is good. But the whole concept of it's closed and it's not a hazmat until you open it, Fine. and now you've just opened a bottle. Fine. Of then I whatever. take that. I take that syringe and I put a couple of cc's on the chief that recommended the <laughs> withdrawals hood, and no, I watch to see. If you take the cork out, the genie's out of the bottle. If you do what you're doing, you're not taking the genie out of the bottle. That's you're just sampling. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm saying if you were to just pop the top off, the reason you're doing what you're doing, sorry, the reason that you're doing what you're doing is because if you pop that cork, the genie is out of the bottle, and that's it. You can't put it back in. Whereas yeah. if you sample little bits, you know, you could take a little bit out. You could run it on a few. In this case, meters. I think you could do it, and, and but I'm not going to say you could do that on a drum. I mean, I, I would love to have a drum that had, you know, a big bung, a small bung, and like a tiny little okay. half-inch, like, at least, needle port. At least with the drum, you can very easily put the cap back on. You can't do that with a cork. That's true. That's a good point. You can put the cork. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. You know, so at least like if I'm told, because how many times, how many times, Bob, have we been there and they've been like, well, we want to know what's in the drum. And we're like, we give them the speech and they're like, that was really cute and well rehearsed. Now tell me what's in the drum. Right. So. Um, I, and I tell them, you know, what's in the drum? The end of your career. Because <laughs> <laughs> when somebody gets hurt, you're the one that's going to get fired, not me. So I'm right. right no right. problem. I'm on it. Let's do it. And they, they've made, listen, drums on the side of the road. They've made valid points before, right? Well, we got to get somebody to come in. Blah, blah, blah. If it's has, we, how do we know it's hazardous? We can't leave something that's potentially on the road that's hazardous that somebody can just come across and open. That, that's the one that kind of gets me. You know, I'm like, it's, all right, fine. I'll test it. It's, hey, look, uh, it's waste oil. <laughs> yeah. It's a good talk. I love it. All right, well, enjoy. Well, that wraps up another episode of The Hazmat, guys. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. And don't be afraid to use that like or follow button. Or you can sign up for even more content from us at thehazmatguys.com. Here, you can subscribe so that we can connect you to even more great stuff. Your support is going to help us improve and build this awesome community even more. Yeah, and if you want to get to the next level, you won't want to miss our premium content. Our specialist level provides you with access to our entire catalog of shows, which is now over 300, an exclusive Facebook group, premium video with no ads, and so much more. Also, check the Hazmat Guys University link on our website. And don't forget, we are always interested in hearing about incidences or calls that you have experienced. We may bring you on the show to share that story. Reach us at feedback at the hazmatguys.com. And remember, folks, don't just get on the job, get into the job. <laughs>